Hello, hello. Welcome at the very first episode of CX Leadership Talks, the podcast for you as a customer experience leader. In this podcast, I'm going to well, explain what this podcast will be about, why you should listen, what it be for value for you, and um, who am I? And um, I'm going to already give you a very practical tip to spice up your leadership, because that is what this podcast is all about. Let's get cracking. CX Leadership Talks, the podcast for you. And I think it's very important um, to know why is this CX Leadership Talks. My name is Nienke Bloom, as I already mentioned, and I'm a CCXP certified custom experience professional. Not only that, I'm also an RTP, a recognized training provider by the CXPA. I have 20 years of corporate experience in several roles, started at marketing and sales, did operations, was responsible for 100 people in IT at an insurance company, did my MBA, wrote my dissertation on HR, and um, then I was asked at the Dutch incumbent telco KPN if I wanted to become responsible for CX, customer experience, in 2011. And the truth is... At that time, I had to Google what customer experience was. I don't know if you already knew what customer experience was at that time. I didn't. And at that time, what I understood is that it's a strategic customer-centric change, how to make the customer important and give value to those and to the business. So I think that is when I first uh, learned about CX and um I became responsible for a team of 12 professionals and in the context of about uh, 9 million customers and 9,000 employees, we started with an NPS of minus 14, which at that time was actually pretty normal. Yeah, it's awful to say in telco on a brand level, minus 14. So that means, and I don't think I have to explain NPS, maybe I do. Please let me know if those kinds of elements need some extra explanation because I'd love to give that to you. But minus 14 and with the team in three years, we managed to bring it up to plus two by really focusing on the detractors. I called it our tail cutting strategy. That will be something for another episode. I think strategies are very important and I would love to share more, but those are first episodes in the future. And I learned a lot on how to make customer experience work. And in 2015, I quit my job and not just because I like to quit my job, but sometimes these things happen in your life where you have big aha moments and these moments of awareness. A colleague of mine passed away and with him, I always had these dream conversation. Do you dare to dream and do you live your dream? And when he passed away, I had this awareness and this aha moment, like, is this my dream? And I, I must say, I loved my job at that time, but I didn't know if it was my dream in the big corporate setting, driving my car up to The Hague every morning at like 7.30, being home, never done. I sometimes had the feeling of a hamster in a hamster wheel. Maybe you recognize this. I hope you don't, but I know that many CX professionals often have this feeling. And so I did some soul searching and somehow a voice inside of me said, Ninka, you want to become an international speaker. I don't know where the voice came from. I don't know what happened, but it did happen and it, it made me quit my job. So the 1st of January, 2015, when the results of my KPN job managed to bring NPFs to plus two. So from minus 14 to plus two, I 
stopped my job, my corporate job, and started my life as an entrepreneur. Total different life after 20 years within a corporate. I can tell a lot about that. And I think it's also interesting to share those lessons learned as an entrepreneur. But since then, I've been international speaker, a global speaker. And since about 2016, I also added education to my portfolio. Uh, you might say, why? I sometimes joke because my mom, she's, well, she's still alive, but she uh, at that time was a kindergarten uh, teacher. And I always said I didn't have much of the elements of my mom. My father, he was responsible for operations of the ferry in the, from between Tesseland and Helder. But at that time, I found out that education I love. And I love helping others understand the profession of customer experience management. So I went to a course in London uh, for yeah, to grow uh, my knowledge, but also to prepare for my CCXP, my Certified Customer Experience Professional title. And that, that course was just, I don't think crap is the good word but it was certainly not what I expected. So I came home a little bit disappointed that it cost me a lot of money, a lot of time, and I didn't feel re prepared. So I, I was at home and my um, uh, my boyfriend, now husband at the time, he said, uh, I said, oh, this was so bad. And I said, I, there's nowhere else where I could get a course and prepare. And he said, why don't you go start build a course yourself? And um, I thought that was a good idea. It was also a big big struggle because it's not easy to build education, especially to really help others prepare. And then the journey began also with the CXBA, where I first was one of their ARTs, Authorized Resource uh, par Training Partners, and now they changed the whole program to RTPs. And um, so I've been a partner with the CXBA since 2016 and uh, a very proud one to say. My uh, business right now is focusing on speaking still, helping others understand what customer experience management is more on the inspiration side. Also speaking a lot at leadership conferences where uh, the leadership of organizations, like every two or three years, the topic is customer. So I'm hired to inspire them and also help them. What does customer centric leadership mean? Um, and my portfolio on education, where I really help the niche of customer experience leaders, customer experience consultants understand the profession of CX. That's why, together with my business partner, uh, Jaap Willems, we have an open CX masterclass uh, where in two days you learn the, the width of our profession and we prepare you for the CCXP exam. I also host this two-day CX masterclass in company. I have my one-day advanced program for those that did the masterclass say, hey, what's new? And I have my half-year, it even added some of that, eight-month uh, CX Leadership uh, Masterminds, like an intervention program where you really spice up your leadership. So enough about me, my projects, my programs. I want to talk about you. And why should you listen to this podcast? I think it's very important uh, that I've when I've been training and educating so many CX professionals, um, I think if I count them all up, and I wish I did, it's more than a thousand right now. And what I often see is that you are facing elements like lack of senior leadership, the sponsorship that's not there, the difficulty of changing customer-centric culture, a lack of budget, uh, maybe also sometimes unconscious incompetent who takes, seeks technology. There's so much tech going on there. Um, a big need for inspiration from the outside in. Um, a doubt of your own leadership. Am I good enough? Not being able to frame results, not able to frame the transformation. And that is why I'm here, because I don't want any CX professional to feel like the lonely nut knitting it all together. You don't have to be, 
but it's a difficult profession. Let's be honest. When I look at CX professionals I know and those leaders that, for example, in an, a large bank with 20,000 employees and you with your team of 40 people have to make this NPS growth of 20 points, not easy, but it can be done. And let's talk all kinds of strategies in this podcast where I and guests will help you be a better leader. And I call it myself Spice Up Leadership. That is what I would like to be talking about, all these elements, what you are facing. And there are some, I think, what do you, will you get out of it? I always like elements like heart, hat, hands. So about the heart, after the podcast, I hope, and I, I want you to feel like you're energized and motivated to be the best CX leader you can be. So you're like, yeah, up to it again. The head, what I would like you to say, well, of course, this Nienke, the CX Leadership Talk, is the best CX Leadership podcast I know, and I'm going to spice up my own CX Leadership to deliver the results that are needed in my organization. And to do... Uh, because in the end, it's all about acting. I would like you to say and act. I'm going to act and show the best leadership I have in me and improve customer experiences to do whatever it takes. So no, this is a bi-weekly podcast. Maybe sometimes I put in an extra episode, but we're ho- we're aiming now for, well, once every two weeks. And I'm going to Every other week, it's me. You're going to listen to me and my wisdom and my insights and my learnings. And every other week, I interview industry experts, of course, CX leaders. I love to discuss books, research, all these kinds of elements that are of interest of you. Know that I'm going to be very critical of who I invite on the podcast uh, because I think it should be of true, true value for you because you're going to put your time in. The episodes are going to be between half an hour, 45 minutes. That is what I'm aiming for. And that is, I think, also what I hear from my listeners of my former Dutch podcast, which I hosted for almost three years and uh, really uh, got high ratings in the CX space in the Netherlands. Uh, They loved it. They went out for a walk or went to the gym or were in their cars or on their commute. And they love this half hour, 45 minutes, because also you can dive a little bit deeper, not too short. Well, maybe there will be some short elements when it doesn't need any more time, when it's just wisdom and we put it out there. Also, maybe for you to know what, um, why not to listen. So maybe this will be your first listening and then you're going to never, ever, ever listen again. I am very honest and frank. And sometimes people feel that it's direct. I can imagine because I'm very Dutch. I also think this is the only way that we're going to move forward. So, but maybe it's not for you. Some customer <laughs> of mine, she called me the velvet sledgehammer. At that time, I was like, what do you say? And then I understood because I don't beat around the bush. So if you want to get results, if you want to really spice up your leadership, listen, think and act. And I know that you have so much, maybe even more in you than you are getting out of yourself right now. So what also to expect? So I told you why not listen, why to listen. It's the practicalities. I really want you to learn about CX, to get the practical elements. Um, I want you to help. I want to help you to be the best CX leader, the best version of you you can be. I want you to bring true customer center change. I want you to bring and improve NPS, CSET, custom effort score, maybe even impact churn, all these kinds of elements. What I want to do, what is the drive for me behind this podcast. I want to grow custom experience management as a profession. I think it's still a very young profession. 
I also want to grow brand awareness for my education and speaking portfolio. Of course, this is also my marketing tool. I'm not going to be salesy in this podcast. I also know that. I'm, I have an aim to be a global CX educator and in the September 2024 have a leadership retreat in Bali. But most important, this is about you. Let's network, have fun in the community, learn together. I'm here for you to help you spice up your leadership. I think... That is it for now on the introduction side. Who is this podcast for? Of course, for CX leaders, custom experience leaders, for CX consultants. I know there's many people that are either working in a consultancy business or have their own organization that also want to spice up their leadership. This is not just for practitioners. This is also for you. Customer service leaders, those that are responsible for the larger teams, people that want to have inspiration, data and insights managers. I'm going to talk a lot about in the next coming months about data and insights. Of course, customer journey managers, those service designers that want to take a look at the broader picture of change. Chief customer officers, chief marketing officers, digital transformation officers, those kinds of roles. So that is who I'm aiming for, but most specific, the customer experience leader the customer experience consultant. And I hope that you are going to recognize yourself in this podcast and you're going to say, yeah, this is true value for me. Interviewing leaders in the field of customer experience management. It's who she is. Leadership Talks. Now back to your host, Ninka Bloom. Enough on the introduction of the podcast it's time to give you some real value. And one of the things what I, uh, when I was the CX leader at KPN, at the Dutch Incumbent Telco, what I had at that time was a contract with Forrester, which I truly liked. It had some elements that really brought me results. And of course, their research is brilliant. But what helped me most was my accountability. I had a monthly accountability call with James O'Connor at that time, one of the principals at uh, Forrester. And um, what really helped me is that we, well, when I looked at the larger goals, we set some milestone goals and he really helped me to get things done, to have the conversation, but also have me speak out loud what I was going to do this month. And of course, I all know your agendas and I know if you, if you work with Google Agenda or with Outlook or at that time it, we had Outlook and my agenda was just crazy. Some said hell, but it was filled from mornings to evenings and it was just filled with all these meetings. Of course, I had 11 employees in my team. So I had to do the employee management part, have all these roles in um, the employee department. But of course, all the networking, the elements of helping others grow, helping uh, methodologies forward, well, working on all these issues where we had to do firefighting, travel around the country to visit customers, to visit colleagues in the contact centers and technicians. And so it was actually always really difficult to well, it sounds weird to get some of the most important things done. And one of the things James at that time helped me with was accountability. So every month we had our call and um, I said, this is what I'm going to do to work through what's my larger chunks, my larger projects, my larger elements I wanted to build results in. And um, he helped me with that. And I think the whole contract of Forrester at that time and the education programs I built later as an entrepreneur have found me that I thought that there is something like the three A's of customer experience. Leadership. And the three A's for me that are, I already shared with you, one is accountability, 
The other one for me is authority. And the third one is anecdote. And these three, I think if you have those right, these are the ingredients that bring you further, that put yourself into the shoes and yourself set up for success. So accountability, let's start with that. And maybe it sounds like the smallest one, and maybe it is, but it really helps you towards results. Um, Right now in my business, I also have elements of accountability. In my business, I work with three assistants, uh, Daniela, uh, Graciela, and uh, Irene. And every Monday, we have our team meeting and, and every month I speak with Irene as being my content director and we have those accountability moments where we say, well, next week this has to be done. Uh, and I want to put that even a little bit more tight into my business because it really helps. I also have twice a year a meeting with Mia Lieberg. She's a Swedish speaker and uh, we work on uh, the larger projects like this podcast, but also my leadership retreat, what I want in Bali. I'm working on a new book. And of course, when you have a busy agenda like me, we're now uh, talking, I'm, I'm taping this in April, is 2023, is that I'm booked almost up till September. And that means that I have great customer assignments that ask a lot of my time and attention that I, because I tailor a lot of my in-company work. So I talk to those. I have my leadership masterminds for government leaders that is right now uh, rolling. And in three weeks, my new leadership masterminds for 2023 in the Netherlands is starting. So it's taking up a lot of my time. And how do I bring other projects forward? And my accountability helps. I also see that this helps for CX leaders. So keep yourself accountable and have somebody help you, well, track your results where you speak out loud what you're going to do. What I've organized in my CX Leadership Masterminds is uh, two ways of accountability. First of all, I have accountability partners. It really helps So making it practical. Find somebody. So in my leadership uh, masterminds, when you join, you get an accountability partner, a colleague. I think it's important that you find somebody in your organization or in your surrounding that can help you and that you say, this is what I'm going to do this week. And that when it's done, it works and you get it done. Another accountability way that really helps is mentoring. So in my leadership masterminds, like I had from James O'Connor in from 2012 to 2014, we're now almost 10 years ahead and I am Well, I'm not going to say I'm James O'Connor, but I am the one that people turn to for advice, for mentoring. So um, it it really works. Um, Maybe a more practical thing. I have accountability when it comes to working out. I go to, I already have for more than three years, I have my personal trainer, Munir Azegra. And not that he works together with me in the gym, but I have an Excel file uh, that he, every Monday morning, I get a blank file with the workouts and I need to fill in what I do during the week. And then he checks in somewhere Thursday or Friday, how I'm doing, if I need to a little bit in the butt or that he can compliment me on what I'm doing, what I've done. Now for this week, yesterday, Friday, I already finished all the workouts, the three sets of everything. So accountability really works for me. I've never been as consistent in working out as I've done in the last, well, I'm now 50. So I don't remember working out three years straight consistently and accountability for me works. So Try to arrange accountability with somebody who understands you, but also somebody you have respect for and make it very visible when you're going to say that you've done it. And um, 
well, that's the first A, accountability. The second A is that of authority. And authority for a lot of people maybe sounds weird, but especially when you are a consultant, what gives you the authority? What are you good at? But when you are CX practitioner and you are in your organizations, do others see you as the CX leader? Do they understand what you are doing? Do they value you? And I think authority is something that we need to establish more and we need to be aware as CX leaders that it's about our own view of ourselves. So of course, there comes this whole psychological element comes in place of being are you happy with yourself are you happy with your results so it's the personal side but let's get into the business side for me authority means that you can lead and you are the optional within your organization and i think it's important that you are able to frame your results and that you are able to say those out loud the last February, I did a course at Harvard, uh, Power and Influence for Positive Impact. And what I learned there is that they said there's three elements to power. And um, it's positional power, relational power, and personal power. And for the sake of it, because we talk about authority, I think these three elements of positional, relational, and uh, personal are really valid. And positional, what element of positional uh, authority or power do you have? Often we're not the CEO. So especially well, when you are a staff team, uh, one rank, one tier down from uh, the board or the exco or the C-suite, that will give you authority enough. It's also how many people do you have in your team? Are you a person alone leading CX or do you have a like team like I had at KPM? Uh, it's also interesting. Uh, positional power is uh, titles. And it might sound weird, and I know in some cultures it's more important. In the, for example, the culture maybe less so, even though we have a huge, huge community and it's growing because so many people uh, really want to be part and and see their custom experience management as a profession. But a title really helps. When I was younger, I always thought if you had your MBA, you would be well like some guy of God. And I had the opportunity when I was leading 100 people in IT at the Azer Nederland. I had the opportunity uh, when I went from sales manager to being an operational manager. And then I went to the IT. I had the opportunity to go for my MBA, my Master of Business Administration. And uh, the interesting thing is I learned a lot. And it also gave me the title MBA. It didn't turn me into a God at all, but it did give me the positional power because other people could see that I did this executive MBA that meant that during my busy life, and at that time I also had a small child, I could manage that. And so a positional power also is the titles. Positional power is also the the results that you delivered. So I could say at the time, oh, I could introduce myself, oh, I'm Ninka Bloom, I'm a CX leader, I help others educate. Uh, I've been uh, responsible for CX at a, a telco. I could also say, my name is Nienke Bloom, CCXP. I'm a recognized training provider uh, with the CXPA, the International uh, Association for CX Professionals. I have brought NPS from minus 14 to plus two at KPN, the Dutch incumbent telco, with 9 million customers and 9,000 employees. With a team of 12, we really worked hard uh, to do a tail cutting strategy and go friction hunting and improve customer experience where we really focused on bringing detractors to neutrals and neutrals to promoters. I now have a really well-run education business where I already help more than a thousand CX professionals to become an even better CX professionals. I've written two books. I have a YouTube channel where I share my wisdom 
what gives more more authority? The less played, the well, maybe a little bit of a shy. Well, in the Netherlands, we have a saying: "Don't be too weird. Don't be too out loud. Yeah, act normal. Then you act crazy enough." It's not translated well, but hey, for the Dutchies, you know what I mean. Normal, dan doe je gek genoeg. Yeah, this Dutch language, I know we have the g, 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 but so it's interesting. The positional is also the results that you can frame, and it's something that many CX leaders are not very good at. So I would like to ask you, inspire you to write down some of the elements that you have brought results that you, that other people will recognize that you are a true CX leader. So that's the, the positional power. Um, it's relational power is where, who do you know? How are you valued within your network? I think position like the relational power for me, of course, is rela- being related to the CXPA. Uh, also active within the board of the Dutch CXPA chapter gives me relational power. Relational power also helps to see how many people know you, how active you are on LinkedIn, how other people see you. And I think it's very interesting and there's things to be said also within your organization. Do you have a good network with senior leadership or are you only networking on your same level and down or are you also networking up? I think it's interesting and there should be said a lot more about stakeholder mapping and working strategically around that. I'm definitely going to do an episode on how to build relations and and the strategic lens to share for stakeholder engagement. And then your personal power. So what do you bring with you? This is about who you are. Are you an excited person, an inspirational person? Or maybe are you more concise, detailed science? Do you know all your facts and figures? This is about you. What are your talents? Uh, Are you a great storyteller, for example? It's these personal elements that you bring with you, how you were brought up. For example, I'm brought up on an island and it means that I love to be on time because otherwise you miss the ferry. But also that a little bit of, well, it's uh, I like to do things on my own. I'm always on the move. I like to be on the move in, and I like adventures. I'm an adventurous person and I'm not afraid. So it's these elements of you that others value. Uh, do you have do you have these do you have these stories that you can tell? Are you wisdom person? I don't know. What are your talents? So you have when you look at authority, it's part of positional, relational, and personal. And it's about the value you bring to others. Being an authority in your profession, um, I think it requires uh, reflection from yourself. Do you view yourself as an authority? Do others see you as an authority? And if they don't, or maybe a little bit, what can you do? Who can you better be associated with? Where do you need education? Where do you need to grow? And I think it's important. Arrange your accountability so you get things done and you're not uh, distracted and authority know that you are really good in what you do whether you're a consultant whether you're a practitioner doesn't really matter if you don't feel yourself as an author as an authority who else will right so and then the last one is anecdote and um, this is really about having a good CX story. And there's going to be more episodes about this because I think we need much more knowledge about this. But especially in the last four years since I run my CX Leadership Mastermind, and I'm just going to start the fifth edition. So it's a lustrum, actually. Very proud of that because it started during COVID in 2020. And uh, so the, the fifth episode is going to start. And 
What I found over these four years is in 2020, 2021, 22, and 2023, oh, I'm breaking my tongue about on this, is that not many CX leaders have really good CX stories. And what do I mean with that? The CX story for me has several elements, but it's actually this story that, for example, at the time when I was responsible for CX at KPN, is that I had to uh, share with the senior leadership where what are we going to do. And for me, a good anecdote, a good CX story has four elements. First of all, it has your personal element, something that you bring in. Then it has the sense of urgency, why are you working on CX and where do you need to go? What's the big, hairy, audacious goal? What, where are you going for? Uh, what's that moonshot? And the third part is the CX strategy. So what are the steps you are going to make in the next couple of years or months? I don't know what your scope is. That you can take people along and people understand what you and your team or your surroundings, what you're going to do. And then the fourth element is the call to action. What do you expect others to do? And I think uh, there's many things wrong with the current CX stories that I've seen and that I've heard. And uh, that's why people come to the masterminds and also ask me to help them spice up their CX stories and to really create it. Often, well, the, the most made mistakes is CX leaders try to be too complete. They want to bring everything in and then others are lost. So, we don't work with the five pillars of the CX frameworks often, or but you have these often the three elements. At KPN, I had we worked, we listened to the voice of the customer and improved and did friction hunting, went improving, delivered the brand uh, promise into our customer journey. So it was more journey management and improving in our formulas. And the third one was employee ambassadorship. And with my team, we worked and all our projects could be put into these three pillars. It's often three or those, but don't try to be too complete. Please, please, please. Others are losing you and you are wasting their time. The second most made mistake is that it's not aligned to corporate strategy. So often larger organizations, there's a corporate strategy and these elements and you need to really build on that. So what's the future? What's the business value? And how do you add to that? No blah, blah stories, please um, really make it business-like. But the third big mistake, it's not transformative. And what do I mean? It doesn't bring change. It doesn't bring excitement. Sometimes slides are too corporate, smorporate as we call it. It's too factual. There's no movement. And I think when I look at the movement that we are often trying to make, it's transformational. So there needs to be some framing of the movement. There needs to be some change story in it. So the first made mistake is too complete. The second one is that it's not strategic and, and aligned with the business. The third mistake said it's not transformational enough. And the fourth most made mistakes is that there's not a specific call to action. And a call to action, most often, especially in leadership settings, the question is asked, please be my sponsor. Yeah, it sounds nice, but or ambassador. What does it mean? What So you need to write that down and be more specific. So this was just a little bit of a nudge because I think that we dive in one of the episodes, going to dive much deeper. And with all the CX leaders that I'm going to interview, the CX story will be one of the elements that we're going to talk about because I think 
If you have a good CX story, you can use it over and over again. Okay, so I got interrupted. This, um, well, welcome uh, to the life of an entrepreneur while I'm taping this. And I put my mobile, of course, on uh, silent, or even a plane, uh, airplane mode. I uh, um, disabled the uh, ringer of my apartment. I live in an old hospital. But then my son-in-law, my daughter, she's 24, and her boyfriend, he has a key. He came in and started, hello. So, yeah, that happens like in normal life. He came in, but I was talking about the three A's of CX leadership. But I think, let's get back to the content. If you arrange accountability, if you arrange and get that part of authority right and feel comfortable and know your results and can explain that and and take your position in the organization and you have a great anecdote those are the ingredients that really really helps you so that is my element for today take a check if you need to work on one of these three a's and uh, i'm really curious if this first episode helped you out know that the second episode i have two brilliant guests Friederike Neoff, Alexandra Pilniak. They wrote the book, Why Your Custom Experience Program Will Fail. And uh, I interview them. But please let me know what you thought of this episode. Uh, if it helped you anyway, gave you some new insights. I truly, truly love that. And let's connect LinkedIn and um, to learn more. And for now, I'm wishing you a fabulous day and saying happy greets from the Netherlands. You've been listening to CX Leadership Talks. Ninka is a customer experience speaker and educator. She has written books and spoken and educated leaders all around the world. She's one of the global thought leaders in the field. We hope you've enjoyed this show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can also find us on YouTube and LinkedIn and NinkaBloom.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And we'll see you next time on CX Leadership Talks.